something. Out near second base, it's picked up by Muncie. Throws the first for the out. Now they've got the rundown. They're through the third base. It's way over the head. Posey had come around third, and Bellinger threw to third, and he sailed it 40 feet over the head of the third baseman. Posey comes in to score. 0-1 to Will Smith. And a fly ball to left field. Well hit. Back to the wall. And Smith walks it off with a three-run home run. The Dodgers' third walk-off win of the year. And they come from behind to beat the Giants 8-6. to six. Buster hits a shot towards second. Over the field to Turner. Spins around. Throws a first. And he pulled Will Smith off the bag. Safe. All right, back here on the show, Jason Ross here with you, and we've been talking about it since it's been uh, really in. We all thought this was going to happen. We got here, the Dodgers and the Giants. It gets started tonight, and one of the guys that's going to be privileged enough to be on the call is Dave Fleming, and he's joining us right now. Dave, you've called so many meaningful games in your life, um, whether it's survival games to get through in wild card World Series. I just, I'm curious, as in your profession, how excited are you just for the onset of this series? Well, I'm, I, I feel as excited as before any Giants game that I can remember, maybe other than Game 7 in 2014 of the World Series, where uh, we all kind of not only knew that it was a Game 7 of a World Series, which I had never experienced before, but also uh, we knew Bumgarner was going to figure into that game, and he had just become such a legend that year. Really, other than that day, I can't remember a game that I was more excited for than tonight with all the stuff that's gone into these two teams and the rivalry and the history this season and the games head-to-head this season. Uh, I, uh, needless to say, I am I cannot wait for first pitch tonight. Yeah, before we kind of get into the nuts and bolts of the series, uh, I had seen like your entire crew. I know you guys shift over a lot, TV, radio. Is it going to be a crowded booth? What's kind of the logistics for, for tonight for you guys? It, it will be a crowded booth in a good way. Uh, you know, we're going to have uh, all four of us on the radio broadcast, and so that means that three of us at any one time will actually be in the room together. We have a little annex room because uh, nice. we can't quite fit four uh, in our booth, uh, our booth is not huge at our, our home ballpark. So anyway, for these home games, all of us are going to work on the road. John and I will do the road games because Dwayne and Mike still are not uh, going to go uh, travel. But for the home games, we get all four of us, which really, truly are our, I mean, I'll speak for myself, but to me, it's the most fun that we get to have as a broadcast team. We, we have great fun all throughout the regular seasons, but these playoff games where we all get together, and, and work together or something different. Well, it's going to be uh, must-watch, must-listen, uh, totally entertaining. And the fact that we got here, I know when we talked to you a few months ago, you had said, no, I kind of had a feeling that this team might be better than they were, and certainly we're well beyond that because the Giants have proven how good they are. And my question, I guess, to start things out about the series, Dave, how much of the last, let's say last month, last six weeks, where the Giants were really pushed and had to win and played high-intensity baseball – how much should that help them as they get ready to start a pressure pack series? I, I think it helps. I do. Uh, I think it really helps. Now, is it possible that at some point in October that catches up to you and you run out of gas a little bit? I think that's possible. Um, but uh, yeah, I can't remember a team pushing harder than both these two teams had to push at the end of the year. They're just, 
you know, there's one thing really in favor of the way baseball is structured the postseason these days. The, the value of winning the division is so huge to avoid that wild card game. I mean, the, the Dodgers, a couple line drives from the Cardinals fall in last night, and the Dodgers are not here. Their season is over. And so they survived it, and now they get to kind of hit reset. But uh, they easily could have lost that game, and the whole thing would have been over. Uh, and that's why these teams push so hard to try to win the division. And it's a good playoff system if you can incentivize teams to do it that way. Uh, but I think it's great training, and it, it's specifically for some of these players who have not experienced the adrenaline of playoff baseball. I mean, Logan Webb got the ball on the final day of the regular season feeling like he had to win that game, uh, and that's the feeling of tonight. I mean, there'll be even more adrenaline tonight, but I, I think Logan uh, in particular, you know, Mike Yastrzemski, who has, has never officially played in the playoffs but played down the stretch, some players like that who haven't experienced this, I think got a great taste of what tonight's going to feel like with these high intensity games the Giants have been playing. Dave Fleming joining us here. Dave, as far as uh, I saw Evan Longoria say it, maybe a few others said, you know, it's it's a little bit unfortunate that the two best teams both went over a hundred are facing in this round. Now that's pretty unique. It doesn't always happen this way. I don't know that baseball has to do anything about that in the future because it generally doesn't line up this way, but Hey, if we're going to get Dodgers Giants, whether it was five or seven, I personally wish it was seven, but I'm glad we're getting it because, uh, you know, there was a risk. Like you said, a couple of bloops here and there. It looked like Scherzer was a little wobbly in the wild card game. This could be the Cardinals, but we get the Dodgers and the Giants. And I just think if we're Giants fans, there's got to be a fear of losing to them, but there's also got to be the ultimate elation that they could knock them out too. Yeah. And, and just for the sport, yeah, it's just good. You know, all this is supposed to be for fun. And I, I know we can all get lost in sort of the minutia of what's best for our playoff odds and what's <laughs> you know, and, and really in the end, this is supposed to be fun. And what could possibly be more fun than this matchup in the playoffs? Uh, they can't meet in the world series. That's not possible. So Anywhere in the playoffs is the next best thing, and uh, and I am tickled that we're getting it, even though, for sure, it's a disadvantage on both sides. I mean, the path that these two teams have to, to traverse to get to a championship is more difficult than anybody else's because they have to play each other so early, and uh, and there's no denying that. But it's still, in terms of the theater of the thing and what's the most fun, this is by far the most fun thing for the sport. So I've read all sorts of breakdowns. I've seen all the predictions and write-ups, and you called all these games. They played, what, 19 times, 10-9 Giants, separated by one game in the regular season two. Where are the advantages? Is there one area, a team's defense, pitching, bullpen, lineup? It's so razor-thin to me. What is there something that jumps out to you that maybe one team has a slight advantage somewhere? Yeah. Um, well, here's what I would say this. I mean, I think the pitching advantage, the Dodgers statistically have a pitching advantage, although not much. I mean, the Giants were the second best pitching staff. Uh, the starting pitching on paper for the Dodgers, it's hard to trump Bueller, Urias, and Scherzer. And that's what the Dodgers are going to throw at the Giants here in these first three games. But the counterpoint to that for me would be, The second half of the year, Logan Webb has been every bit the pitcher that Walker Buehler has been. Uh, And Kevin Gosman, his last start especially, but last two starts, looked like the guy in the first half of the year who just had the nastiest stuff you can imagine. And Alex Wood down the stretch might have been the best giant starter of all of them. So just in terms of the very recent results, 
I actually think the advantage for the Dodgers is not as great as it would be otherwise. Now, if that doesn't hold, then that is the the A1 advantage anybody mm-hmm. holds in this series, starting pitching, because I think everything else is, is pretty darn even. Both teams are missing a big bat, Max yeah. Muncy and Brandon Belt. I think the Giants are actually a little better equipped to, to, to handle that because they have so many options with Wilmer Flores, with Darren Ruff, with Lamont Wade, with Chris Bryant, with how they can maneuver those players in different positions. Uh, actually, the Giants are better equipped to weather that injury, in my opinion. Uh, but, you know, the, then the other side of it is the Dodgers have Trey Turner, and he's been a huge difference maker for them, arguably the best player in the league down the stretch. Uh, it's so, so evenly matched, and I think even more so than it would be because of how hot the uh, the Giants pitchers have been. On that note, too, Dave, you're talking about the Dodgers on paper, and you're right. I mean, that just looks daunting. Is it negated slightly that they had to use Scherzer the other day, and it won't be till Game 3? He's likely a guy that you wouldn't see twice in a potential five-game series. Yeah, I mean, I do think that is true. The, 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 the nightmare scenario for the Giants when that trade happened was, okay, we play them in the playoffs in a five-game series, and then we got to face Scherzer twice, where they only have to win one other game if he pitches like he has been. But, you know, the fact of the matter is he hasn't been quite that dominant here these last few starts. They've won every single time he's pitched since they traded for him. Every single time that he has taken the ball since they made that trade, they've won. They're 12-0 and since Scherzer came to the Dodgers in those games. Uh, but he hasn't pitched as well these last few. Uh, and Walker Buehler's got this incredible track record in the playoffs. I mean, Walker Buehler's pitched He's a young guy still. He's pitched 60-plus playoff innings in his career, and he's got like a two ERA in his playoff history. Uh, so I think they're pretty darn comfortable with Walker Bueller on the mound. Dave Fleming joining us here. Of course, Dave will have the call of all the uh, Giants and Dodgers games. Game one is tonight. Uh, managers, they're a factor always in these series. Dave Roberts has now managed a team to a World Series and won a World Series. He's been there a couple times. Versus Gabe Kapler, there were questions about him. He's answered all of those as the Giants have had this brilliant season. What do you think about the managerial matchup uh, for this series? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, I think that Dave is more likely to – Dave has been a little bit more of a – I don't say this as a criticism – a little bit more of an emotional manager in the playoffs, a little bit more of a ride-my-guy or or play-my-gut than he has been in the regular season. I think – I think over these last few years, we've seen that from Dave Roberts. And uh, so that'll be interesting to see if that uh, continues. I think Gabe Kapler is, is really hoping to manage the same way in the playoffs that he did in the regular season. And that is to leverage every spot that he can with his bench, use his extra players to try to get as many good matchups in his favor as he possibly can. Uh, and, it, you know, the other thing about it is Gabe's done such a great job with this Giants bullpen. He's got some tough decisions to make. You know, Jake McGee's coming back. Mm. Where does he slot in? Camilo Doval, he's 24 years old. He's been the closer for two weeks. Is he going to be the closer in the playoffs for the Giants? I think he is. Uh, but that's a big decision to make. Dodgers without Muncie have a little less left-handedness than they have over the last few years. Uh, does that mean that Jose Alvarez and Harlan Garcia and McGee, who've been so great and great weapons against good left-handed hitters, uh, is Gabe going to struggle to find the right spots for those for those pitchers out of the bullpen? Uh, those, those are big questions, big tests for him. But I think Gabe is just going to be 
it's just been so fun to watch him this year. He's been so aggressive. And I love that about him. And I think that'll definitely continue in the playoffs. You, you brought it up. I was going to ask you about that because McGee coming back, he was obviously very good during the year. Duvall at the end, it was, I mean, he's just fun to watch. Uh, you think he goes there? You think that's the, the guy to hit those high leverage, meaningful closeout of game outs? I think Duvall's the guy. And I think, you know, part of that is, you know, would he be the guy if McGee hadn't gotten hurt? Maybe not. I mean, I, but I think it's hard. Jake McGee's missed now almost a month. And it's hard to just plop a guy, no rehab, no, you know, he's pitched some sim games. Apparently the stuff looks really good. Uh, that's very encouraging, but it's hard to just drop a guy in the ninth inning when you're not exactly sure what you're going to get in a game situation. So I think the uh, the idea, at least early in the playoffs, will probably be uh, give McGee something other than the ninth inning to get back into the groove, and that means Doval at the end of the game. Now, uh, you know, that can change. One game's performance can change everything in the playoffs, and we saw Bruce Bochy manage that way Uh, for years where he was not stuck to a plan. He was willing to adjust his plan as it went along. And I think that'll be the case for, for these giants. The importance of tonight. I know the stats suggest game one winners more than often go on to win. It's not foolproof. We know that's the case, but Webb and Bueller, you mentioned Webb earlier, Dave, he's been pitching so well. Bueller's been a giants killer before. I just love the game one matchup too. I think we got a, we got an awesome one in store tonight. Well, I think the thing about game one in this particular series is whichever team wins is going to give the ball to a guy that they think is like an ace. You know, Julio Arias won 20 games this year. Kevin Gosman was great for the Giants. And I think, you know, just from the Giants' perspective, if they beat Bueller in game one, especially being at home, you know, that you go into tomorrow thinking uh, we're going to stack the lineup. It's going to be, you know what it's going to look like tomorrow against Urias early in the game. It's going to be Slater. It's going to be rough. It's going to be Posey. Uh, it's going to be Bryant. Uh, that It is a daunting lineup for a left-hander, and the Giants have seen a lot of Urias, and they're going to go into that game thinking, we're going to come out swinging, and if we get them down, we're looking at 2-0 uh, in a best of five. I mean, that's a powerful psychology in these short series. And I'm sure the Dodgers are, are envisioning things in the exact opposite way. We take down Logan Webb and we got a chance. Then the Giants are thinking, well, at home, we have to win game two uh, because the Dodgers have been so good at home this year. Uh, it, you know, there's just such a psychological component to all this in these short series that makes game one and a best of five feel enormous. I think especially – when you're the home team, if you if you lose game one at home, game two becomes – it really does – it becomes a must win. The Giants overcame that in 2012 against a good Reds team. It's going to be hard for them to do it this time around against the Dodgers. The other part for me, Dave, for postseason that's been kind of just my favorite over the years is you don't know who and when and why uh, someone will come up as a hero. Obviously, Giants lore, Travis Ishikawa – comes to mind um, this year specifically it felt like that happened throughout the year so many late game big hits obviously late night a uh, late night Lamont but um, Solano just all the way up and down the lineup someone would come through so I feel like if the Giants have that happen in this postseason it really wouldn't be a surprise it would not be a surprise if Tommy Listella is the hero it mm. would not be a surprise if Darren Ruff is the hero or Wilmer Flores it really wouldn't be and that's the beauty of this Giants team um, and you're right it often is those unexpected 
players. I do think that, you know, when you think of those big moments, those heroic moments, a lot of them involve hitting the ball over the wall. Yeah. And the Dodgers are really good defensively and their pitching is great. And it's hard to string together rallies. You know, we saw the Cardinals, the Cardinals the other night in the wildcard game had all these chances and they just couldn't put together good enough at bats in those, those runner in scoring position situations. It's hard to do against elite pitching. And that's where the home run ball uh, takes some of the pressure off that. And that's where the Giants have been so good at that this year. I know it's easier said than done. And it is where they really miss Brandon Belt. They're their very best home run hitter. Mm-hmm. But I do think that, uh, you know, the team that finishes this series ahead in the home run ledger is very likely to be the team that wins this series. If I flip it on you here, Dave, and ask you, you know, the Giants are in the high leverage situation trying to get a key out. Who's the last person from the Dodgers lineup that you want to see at the plate? I, the last guy that I want to see is Corey Seager. Uh, now, I think Corey Seager is pitchable because he's a very aggressive hitter, but I think aggression in those big at-bats is often a, a strength. And I just think Corey Seager, to me, is still their most dangerous, pure hitter. Uh, you could make a real good argument for either of the Turners, and Mookie Betts, uh, when he's right, is, is maybe the game's best all-around player. Uh, but I've always just, I, it's been the way that for me, it's been that way since he came up to the big leagues, Corey Seager is the guy that I fear when you need a hit, when, when you're looking to put the barrel of the bat on the ball to me, Corey Seager is, is about as good as it gets in the game. Mm, man, this is going to be so great. One last kind of off topic for you. Uh, I know you could, uh, relate to this better and have a better answer than, than most anyone. Uh, the Padres the year they had, um, kind of irrelevant now, but always think about Boach and them. Any chance you know him that he takes another run at that if they're interested? Yeah, I think there's a chance if they're interested. Um, I don't know. You know, it's a perfect fit in terms of you know, lifestyle and geography. I don't know if it's a perfect fit in terms of the front office and Boach's personality, uh, but I don't know that it's not. Mm. Um, I think I think Boach would be pretty picky in that regard. I mean, I don't he doesn't want to manage again in a rebuilding situation. The Padres would most certainly not be that. Uh, but I think he also would want a situation where he felt like he had the authority to kind of manage the team the way he wanted to and had a good, positive relationship with the front office. And I don't know if that would be the case down there. Maybe it would be. Um, but, yeah, I think he would I, – I, I definitely think he would listen. If they come calling, I think he would listen. And make the division that's already good even better. Uh, but we got the division on center uh, stage tonight. It's going to be a classic. I, I, I'm, I know everybody's looking forward to it. I don't know how it won't live up to it, Dave. Enjoy your time. I know you're going to enjoy this series so much. Thank you for joining us. And uh, I know you're going to have fun with the full house crew tonight and the, over these uh, couple of games. So best of luck and thank you for joining us. Yeah, you're welcome. Hopefully we'll get a chance to talk again uh, as the playoffs go along. Sounds great. All right, Jason. Dave Fleming giving some very interesting perspective there from the Giants side of things. We heard from Tim Neverett earlier, Dodgers play-by-play. Now we get from Dave Fleming. I think Dave had some really good um, insight there, too. Uh, We talked about the importance of Game 1 in the history of the five-game series. Walker Buehler versus Logan Webb tonight. That crowd is going to be buzzing. You love having the last plate appearance. And that's been part of the drama all year with the Giants, right? The ability to come through when they need a big hit. 
and it's been up and down the lineup. They're not relying. They haven't relied on one player. They'll miss Belt. Dodgers will miss Muncie. But they have enough players each side. They can overcome that. And I just think how amazingly tight this is between the two teams. It shows in their record in the season. It shows in their record in head-to-head. Gave you that crazy stat yesterday since the Dodgers had won those eight straight division titles, winning at basically a 70% clip on everybody. But in that same time, they have played the Dodgers or the Giants 162 times. So a full season's worth, they were 82 and 80. So the Giants weren't always good in that stretch. But the Giants play the Dodgers well. I expect them to play them well this series. And it's razor thin. It really is. I thought Dave's point on whoever ends up with the most home runs in this series might be your winner. Now, that's, you know, if it gets lopsided, that certainly makes sense. But both teams can hit the ball out of the park. Both teams continually hit the ball out of the park. And it's a big part of their offenses, but not what they do exclusively. I look at this series as where will the mistakes come? And what is that mistake? How monumental? Is it an error that keeps an inning alive? A critical walk, a base running miscue. We heard in the kind of the highlight package to start that out, um, one of those games in this series where Buster beat out a throw to first, where Dodgers were a little bit late on a throw. Um, you think about the Talkman home run robbing play early in the season. There's been just been drama in the regular season matchups between these two teams. And I expect much more drama with these two teams tonight. While you're talking with Dave, was there any update on the uh, Red Sox game? I think there was. Better check this out because we need to get everybody caught up on on all the activities. Was it the Rays or the Red Sox? We'll find out. It was the Red Sox. It was the Sox. It was the Sox. I'm not a cop. I saw that movie, by the way. Departed was... I don't know, it was the anniversary of how many years it was out. I think it's like 15. Man, 15 years. That's the one he wins the Oscar for, and it's probably his worst. Not, I wouldn't say his worst movie, but not as good as his great movies. Yeah, yeah. A two-run home run. Xander Bogarts. Uh, Verdugo also has homered in this game. It's 5-4 Rays. So this one's got a long way to go. They're going to the fourth. Boston scored two in the first, raised counter with a grand slam and five total in the bottom of the first, and now Boston has added two more in the third. So 5-4 Tampa over Boston. Told you earlier, Milwaukee hung on to win 2-1 on Atlanta to take a 1-0 series lead, and Houston came from behind to beat Chicago convincingly today. 9-4, they have a 2-0 series lead. But Dodgers, Giants tonight, we've talked a lot about it. I, I hope you're as fired up about it as I am. And for those of you that are getting an opportunity to go to this, how great is that going to be, whether it's in L.A. or certainly in San Francisco for these next two games? Those moments are awesome. Playoff baseball is the best baseball to me, obviously, and it's the heroes. It's the moments. Like Chris Taylor the other day. I mean, I I want to play that highlight again. Just hearing uh, the reaction that, um, you know, they had. I'll I'll pull that highlight. But even hearing uh, Chris Taylor being asked about, his moment and even getting the Giants next. Giants Dodgers for the first time in the postseason. How does that sound? That's going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, two of the best regular season records all time. And we've been battling all year. So I expect a, a hard fought series. 
a moment in time. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's fantastic. Here was the uh, TV call the other day of the Dodgers. Two balls and a strike to count on Taylor. Reyes fires. Swing and a drive. Deep left field. This is way back. Walk him off. Chris Taylor. Yep, short and sweet there. Uh, you know, just an amazing moment uh, for Taylor. Chris, congratulations. Is that the biggest hit of your life? <laughs> yeah, I think so. And so here we go. It sets this up. For high drama starting tonight, game one of this five-game series. Thanks again to Dave Fleming. We will break. Still come back. We'll get your chance to win Eagles tickets. We'll tell you about that when we come back and also keep you up to date on the baseball playoffs as we continue right here on Sports 1140 KHDK. KHDK, Jason Ross here with you. We've got 30 minutes left of the show before we get you on to your weekend, big weekend. I mean, this is one of the great sports weekends we've had in a long, long time. I mean, this is going to be fantastic. All the baseball action, Giants-Dodgers, Trey Lance getting his first start, Raiders-Bears. Um, fight, by the way. Chris, you uh, checking that out tomorrow, Wilder versus Fury, or does that even intrigue you at all? I thought you were talking about Nick Gage versus John Moxley. Well, I wasn't, but we could. That's going to be tough. I'm going to have to try and find a way to watch both at the same time. Yeah. But are you intrigued, though, by Wilder Fury Part 3 where we had a draw? We had uh, Fury ex- yeah, Fury win the second. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, Fury wins this, doesn't he? Mm. He's just so big, and he can take a punch. Um, does, isn't he just going to lay on him and wear but on they him? Like both, they've both had so much time off. Yeah, I don't know who that helps. I think it helps Fury. Yeah. And I feel like Wilder's going to try to get into the spot where I think his best chance is probably to knock him out. And also, I don't know that he can. Also, Fury had COVID, and we never really heard anything about that. True. True. Um. Yeah, I. I you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say Wilder. Really? That? Yeah. Why? I mean, is that a hunch? Are you just being different, or what do you think? Just Why? a hunch. Yeah. If I were to bet money on it, right, I would put it on Wilder because the odds are better. Yeah, I was gonna say that's the word to win the money. You like you get it. You, he's the underdog. But not I, by really, a lot. I think it's like a fifty-fifty. Yeah. But I don't. I, I don't know. I guess I feel the longer it goes, that just favors Fury. Just I mean, that size, the weight. The just he'll just keep leaning on him. Um, he's just bigger. If you go by the first fight, I mean. It was a shock that it didn't end. Yeah, was that the last round he got up in? Or ten- I think it was the it was 11th? the 10th or the 11th. Yeah, where it looked like Fury was done. Yeah. And then he got up and then yeah. I'd never seen anything like that before. Yeah. That was pretty crazy. So, we'll see. That I mean, we even have that this weekend. He's not going to have the 70 pound uh oh, whatever that thing was. <laughs> what was helmet. that thing? It was like uh, one of those DJ helmets. Yeah, that was crazy. That was crazy. Um, so that's going on this weekend, along with all that NFL action. Um, some good stuff. Right now, though, your chance to win a pair of tickets to see the Eagles next week, October 12th, at Golden One Center. For tickets and more information, visit khdk.com. Caller number four right now, 1-800-920-1140. 1-800-920-1140. We'll take caller number four. And you will have a chance to win your pair of tickets to see the Eagles 
next week. I've uh, seen some footage of the Dodgers and the Giants going through warm-ups today as they're getting closer to the first pitch down there in San Francisco. Uh, again, uh, I just think that atmosphere is going to be top-notch, must-see baseball, a lot of fun. Uh, we had both Tim Neverett and Dave Fleming talk about the importance of winning game one of that series. I do like the fact for the Giants that they don't have to face Scherzer twice in this series after he had a pitch in the wild card game. But this sets up for for a good one, and uh, we really look forward to seeing how that uh, plays out starting tonight and then tomorrow. I mean, when we're back on Monday, uh, we're going to have a, a game three, and that's where you just go, okay, what's it looking like at that point? 1-1, one, 2-0. One, I hope we have an, either an even series or, heck, maybe the Giants up 2 nothing. Who knows how it'll go uh, this weekend. So look forward to that. Uh, baseball updating you on today's action. If you missed it earlier with four games going on today, the Brewers take a 2-1 series lead. They get a home run in the seventh and hang on to win 2-1. The Astros uh, get the win with a 9-4 win over Chicago. So they're now up 2 nothing. And then this second game of Boston and Tampa Bay is proven to be Pretty exciting already as Boston scored two in the first. Tampa countered with a grand slam and five total in the bottom of the first and then two more in the third for Boston. So it's 5-4. Tampa, that game is moving right along there in the fourth inning. Yesterday's game between these two um, was just a clinic by the Rays and really by Randy Arozarena. I mean, to see him and others thrive in the postseason is also what makes baseball so great. I mean, you play 162 and let's be honest, I think a lot of people, it's a very regional sport. If you're an A's fan in this area, a Giants fan in this area, you're following your team. You may follow the league a little bit, but you just don't know about all these players until you get to the postseason and then you start to see them and see what they're able to do. And I think that's what we learned last year about the Rays. We knew they were a good team, but then when you see them play every day and you get to see more perspective on on what they're doing and how they're playing and who's good and who comes in and throws gas out of the bullpen? Well, the Rays had nothing but guys that were able to do that. But let's listen on just a couple of things that a Rosarena was able to do just yesterday. Swing and a drive. Deep to left field. This one is way out of here. Randy Rosarena with his first of 2021. And it's 4 nothing Rays here in the fifth. And he had a good season this year. Remember, he was still a rookie, but he came onto the scene last year and had such an amazing postseason. He couldn't get out. Remember all the home runs he was hitting in the postseason last year? And he has lived for this moment. He loves October, plays his best baseball at that time, and he's trying to do more of the same right now. And to me, the favorite moment, the best moment, was this last night when Randy Orozarena is on third. It's got to be the perfect situation. They're not holding him on third. It's a lefty pitcher that's kind of lost his concentration on a Rosarena. And uh, he sees the opportunity to steal home. Taylor leans all the way in, making a 90-degree angle. A Rosarena heads for home. The throw, he has stolen home. And it's 5 nothing Rays. That is so awesome. Such a great play to steal home. Heads up baseball, the ability to do it. And that's it didn't impact the overall game, but now it just... They're going to think about him all the time, anytime he's on. And if you get a chance, I know it was floating around social media today and probably um, several places, but if you can get, because that game's in a dome, they've got those, uh, what are they called, catwalks up there that you can observe different things from all different angles. Well, they have a camera that was right over home plate, 
And there's a picture now that's out there of that of a Rosarena stealing home, sliding in, sprawled out, but from up top. It's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. And that's why I think postseason baseball gets really compelling. Just the the intensity of it, the importance of it. And then who comes through? I can remember early days of Barry Bonds as a pirate and or a giant when they would get to the postseason. He had those stats going for a while where he couldn't prevail. He just fizzled. And part of it is, let's be honest, they're pitching around him as best they can. You're facing the best of the best pitchers. And, you know, that's if it's a three, three or five game series, right, if you get out of there quickly – well, there's plenty of times over a, of a season where a player doesn't have a very productive three to five games. That happens all the time. Now, you can also flip that where somebody gets hot, and that's what happens in the postseason, and then you become a legend. And I remember the, what was it, oh two when Bonds was just incredible in the postseason. So if you give a great player enough opportunities, they're going to prevail. And that's why I think tonight with the Giants and the Dodgers, you go up and down that lineup, there's no weakness. There's no soft spot. There's no area that you're going, oh, a breather for the pitcher, with maybe the exception of facing the other team's opposing pitcher. But at some point, we're going to get out of that and get into pinch hitters, and both teams are very strong there too. The other night we said it, we, I was pretty certain Albert Pujols was going to win the game for the Dodgers against the Cardinals when he was called up to be a pinch hitter. It ends up being Chris Taylor that does it. As they'd gone through the lineup, it was his second time through, but he had been a pinch hitter earlier in the game. And so that's why, to me, postseason superstars, legends are made on the Travis Ishikawa-type home run. I mean, think about that. A walk-off like that. I mean, he's a legend forever. Forever. And was just, I mean, hey, you make it to the professional's level at any sport you're you're truly gifted but you start to separate these guys on who's better and who's a hall of famer and who are all stars and that kind of thing and Travis Ishikawa would not be on any of those lists except for having one of the great moments in baseball history that's why the game is great that's why these opportunities lead to uh, big time moments like that and when you've got a legitimate rivalry and I still think because of the history of the Dodgers, or the, excuse me, the Yankees-Red Sox, many consider that the best rivalry in baseball. But this Dodger-Giant rivalry is fantastic. And I love that when we had Tim Neverett on last hour from the Dodgers, he said, oh, no, it's all in. It is a huge rivalry. And he wrote that book, and he's having fans saying, you know, negative things about the Giants on their autograph requests. We know the Giants fans, what they feel about Los Angeles beat LA chance will be going on all night long all night all night all night all night I love it I just love that I love the drama I love the and really to me as much of all of this is not even as much the game it's the anticipation it's thinking about what this could be thinking about the scenarios can this go five who will be the hero all those things and then what plays out into reality uh, like we talked about the other day with the Cardinals and the Dodgers. I thought that would be a low-scoring game. It was. We get to 1-1 in the ninth, and then you get a walk-off situation. I mean, that's just fantastic, fantastic baseball. Chris, did we get a winner for our uh, Eagles? Tim. Tim. Congratulations, Tim. You have won a Not pair. Not that Tim. 
Not that Tim? The oh, but Tim. it was Tim. Oh, the other Tim. Uh, congratulations, Tim. You won a pair of tickets to see the Eagles on October 12th at Golden One Center. That's next week. For tickets and more information, visit khdk.com. All right, break time for us. Final segment of the week. It is Friday. You know how we end the week. We got a little tell me something good to wrap things up. Also, the crossover and any other baseball updates as we continue right here on Sports 1140 KHDK. It's been a long week. The weekend is almost here. So let's end on a feel good. Tell me something good. Tell me something good. Wow. Yeah, it is time for Tell Me Something Good, the way to wrap up the week. Get you ready for the weekend. And and to me, part of the Tell Me Something Good as a lifelong sports fan is this weekend schedule. I love it. We just talked earlier about boxing, if you want to check that out, if that's your thing. Uh, Still a ton of football, good college football games this weekend. Locally as well, Sac State will be at home. You see Davis trying to stay perfect. Uh, They're on the road at Idaho State. Um NFL, Trey Lance making his first NFL start. Anxious to see how that goes. Bills, Chiefs. I mean, some awesome games. And then, of course, baseball. Absolutely fantastic weekend ahead of Major League Baseball. And uh, speaking of that, while we're in, tell me something good. I would say these sounders are something good, Chris. I've enjoyed these. That's for sure. The Red Sox have had a home run. Kike Hernandez has tied the game at five in the fifth. So there we go. Game tied at five in the fifth. One other tell me something good. I told you we were a little late to start the show about an hour behind. Had that freak thing that happened. I don't even know. A piece of wood or a little flex somehow got in my eye. But thank you to to those of you out there that uh, take care of people. Went over there to urgent care and um, they took care of me. So, I'm glad. so your eyes good? It's much better. Much better. I feel like I can barely open it. Uh, I've been battling that, and it's definitely got a scratch on the surface, but just got to take time to heal it. Tomorrow's going to be interesting. Why is that? Sex State? Yeah. Thunderbirds? Thunder. Yes. What do you have as a uh, tell me something good, Chris? Uh... I remember uh, when we had this uh, a little while ago, I was talking about horror movies coming out. Yes. Well, this one isn't a horror movie. It's a horror TV show on Netflix. And everyone's talking about Squid Games, Squid Games, Squid Games. Have you watched seen, that, by the way? I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, I will at some point. I don't like to like jump on when everybody else is I feel like it's it. a little early on Squid Games, but you know, like Ted Lasso, I'm so far behind. But Squid Games, it's got hot really fast. Yeah. My favorite TV show that came out was called Midnight Mass, and it is fantastic. Like, one of the best shows I've ever seen, so. Why? Um, What makes it great? So, the director and creator, he did a show. He's done a couple shows on this, and it's kind of like the same type of thing. Uh, What was it called? Haunting of Hill House, which is really good on Netflix. Haunting of Bly Manor, really good on Netflix. (laughs) And this one, it's like about a small town in Massachusetts, but it has a lot to do with like the Catholic Church being there, and so like all the stuff that they're talking about is stuff that I went through like growing up, like being in the church all the time. It's like, oh man, this is like everything coming together, and it's really cool. How many is it? A series or is it? It's a series, like seven episodes. Okay, and you've seen them all. Yes. Okay. I might have already seen it again too. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Okay. What's it called again? Midnight Mass. It's one of those shows where, like, I was watching, I'm like, okay, 
when's something going to happen? All right, first episode. Okay, I mean, this is getting kind of spooky. And then, like, the third episode, like, what just happened? <laughs> oh, my God. I need to rewind this right now. Yeah. And then you're all in. All in. All in. Okay. So seven episodes are they an hour, 45 minutes, something like that? or uh, About an hour. Okay. Nice. Nice. Um, also, before we wrap uh, wrap up today, we got to get uh, the crossover for the morning show. What's happening on the Carmichael Dave show? Let's find out right now with the crossover. Do you believe it? Here's today's crossover. If you could repurpose a non-normal passenger vehicle as like your extra car that you had to take out on the weekends, what would be the coolest one to you? And I'll I'll give you just a couple of examples so you understand what I'm talking about. A school bus, an ice cream truck, a hearse. You see where I'm going? These are not normal passenger cars, though they hold passengers, but for commercial or your dead purposes. Does the DeLorean dress no. as the Back to the nope. Future time nope. machine? No, nope. you're not doing specific. You can't do the Batmobile either. That was already asked. But no, this has to be a nondescript type of vehicle. This question sucks. You suck. Like, immediately what I thought was the DeLorean from Back to the Future. And Dave shot that down, so we can't do that. Um, when he was giving the examples, I was going ice cream truck, but I feel like that's such a negative connotation. Well, is there a negative connotation to the ice cream truck? It's a little gray area. Yeah. Depends on what the ice cream truck's doing. Right. Well, and I have no plans to be nefarious with it, right? Like, we're going to... Deliver ice cream. The more that you say you won't makes me believe that you will. Sounds like me. Um, I, I don't know what kind of car I'd want. To, I'm the last person. I'm not even remotely a car guy. But this isn't a car. What do you mean? He's. It's like specifically not a car. Well, you're, you're saying re- you're not a car guy. Well, it's not a car that you're looking for. Well, something that you're repurposing, the examples yeah. he gave. Like, I am no interest in a school bus. I think the ice cream truck would be the answer. Wrong. Okay, what is it? Uh, duck boat. <laughs> okay. So one of the things that you go on the road or right. go in the water the and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. I always thought the one thing that would be cool, and I, I don't know why, just probably because it used to be uh, something that I used to laugh at years ago, but like a motorcycle with a sidecar. With a dog you... with the goggles on next yes. to you? <laughs> yes, all of that. I always liked that. I always thought that would be something kind of cool. It's funny is the DeLorean that he is talking about. My dream, like if I ever won the lottery, that would be my dream car. You'd go for that? Yeah. yeah. Even though they're super crappy and like hard <laughs> to take care of. But if money is not an option. Which it wouldn't be if you won the lottery. I want the time machine from Back to the Future. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Well, that is it for us today. Thank you again, everybody, for being patient with us today. We're a little late to the party, but we got there. Tim Neverett, thank you to him. Thank you to Dave Fleming. And we hope you have a great weekend ahead. There's some great sports action to check out. We're going to be back on Monday to recap it all, um, and we look forward to it. So have yourself a great weekend. For Chris Verlade, I'm Jason Ross. Thanks so much for listening right here on Sports 1140 KHDK. See ya!